Radio show, folks. I am your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. The only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state, right here on the Voice of Truth Radio Show. And you'll be uh, you'll be listening to us just engage in vigorous, robust discussion on culture, history current events, all from a biblical perspective. So, Voice of Truth Radio Show, we're on every Thursday at 5 p.m., Saturdays at 3 p.m., so get that in your schedule, tune us in, and um, uh, we'll, we'll appreciate it. Uh, we are growing by leaps and bounds, we think. All right, Pastor, I feel in my like... mind we're going <laughs> crazy out there. <laughs> but uh, we, we, we have a lot of fun, and uh, we just we, we, we talk about culture, history, current events, mm-hmm. and we bring it from a biblical perspective because if you don't, you are sounding brass, tinkling cymbal. There's no, there's no lasting value to it, is there, if you don't have a, a, a biblical truth behind what you're teaching? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so he is the truth. His word is truth. And if we're not going by that, we're missing the boat. That's right. Uh, Jesus said uh, something else. I can't remember the verse I was going to say. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff Jesus said you can't he remember, said, Mike. He I'm... said so many things. <laughs> he said so many things that I've forgotten. Hey, speaking of that, though, there are fascinating verses in Scripture. I think it's the very last verse of the Gospel of John says this about the works of Jesus. It says that if if all of the works that Jesus did in his three years on earth yes. were written down, that there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain the valuable things that he did. That's right. I mean, talk about someone who made the most of a three-year lifetime, really. Yes, yes. That is, uh, that is an amazing scripture. And the one I was thinking of uh, was, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is That's true. a good one. Yeah. No, it's better than the one you gave. It was. As a matter of fact. You I, win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to. Uh, uh, I'm in. Uh, I'm session this next two months. So um, uh, we we uh, pastor and I we plan the radio show by text, don't don't we during the week? Hey, here's an idea. You're very and, very busy right now. Uh, it's, and, it's, uh, it's nuts down. It's nuts during session uh, in Charleston. For folks that don't know, uh, the legislature is in session two months out out of the year, usually January through March, um, when there's a governor's election. It's February f- through April. So uh, some important bills are going to be coming to committees. They always start in the committees and uh, get passed out of committee, get passed out of one side, go to the other side, and uh, same thing. Go, they go to a committee and get voted on then to the governor. It's a, it's a difficult process it's not easy to get a bill passed you have roughly a thousand bills every session wow. and about 20 percent of those get passed that's 200 pastor i did the math thank for you, you. I, was, I was almost taking off my shoes well, and i didn't have to do that <laughs> so was i <laughs> but um uh so anyway we'll be filling folks in on some of these important uh bills that address cultural issues one of the bills 
as a matter of fact, and this was a good a good segue into our first subject. One of the bills is is basically to to say to the Biden administration these executive orders that you are uh, throwing down at the states, saying "obey me" without them going through the legislative process. That uh, the states are passing these laws. Look, we don't have to do that. So for the layman, because I've always been very disturbed by some of these executive orders anyway, not just the ones that President Biden, but this this idea that yeah. legislation can be foisted on, uh, a, on a population that's supposed to be represented in laws. And that's... Why why does that happen? And it, is there a problem with it? What what should we know about executive? Because people hear that on the news, it just becomes another buzzword after a while. An executive order. Okay, well that's what presidents do. They just issue executive yes. orders. Is that something that should be happening the way that it's happening? Uh, right not now? to the extent it does. Even uh, you know, executive orders were. Uh, if you go back to Washington, you know, Washington did one. Her, you know, they, they're just it's it's they're more of a new phenomenon, and. Um, uh, our laws uh, come from the legislative process. Our representative, we're a representative republic. We're not a democracy. Right. Uh, everybody doesn't, every citizen doesn't vote on every bill and it's so on. It's not mob rule. And- no, exactly. And and that's a distinction a lot of people get confused about. So so the, the way we do it constitutionally is that we elect representatives that, uh, that go to the Capitol, whether it be D.C. or the state Capitol, and pass bills. Um, and by the way, the Constitution says that's the federal government has a has two bodies, and uh, is set up constitutionally like that. And that's why every state reflects the the federal system of of a president and then uh, a uh, uh, House of Representatives and a Senate. Every state has that exact same thing, except for Nebraska, which is unicameral. It has one. I don't know why that happened, but uh, so th- the reason every state reflects or mirrors the the uh, D.C. model is because the Constitution says it has to. So in terms of ex- executive orders, that's a good question. I don't know how uh, these voluminous number of executive orders come down uh, by fiat because they, they – and President Trump did them too. His were 99% good. Uh, they but protected still, religious I mean, freedom. In but all still, fairness, that's, a, that's kind of a problem, isn't it? It is for- a problem, and I don't know how they justified doing it. Hmm. Um, should it be something we're concerned about? Yes, that? it should be. It should be. I don't think that, I think that it should be rare exceptions where you have an executive order. I think, I think uh, part of the problem is that, uh, uh, you know, that we, we, we're just getting away from a constitutional republic where we understand that everything should go through the, the process of legislation that, that uh, has always been the case traditionally constitutionally in america so yeah it is a concern it's it's becoming uh it's it's becoming uh, it's too much power in the executive Mm -hmm. uh the executive i think probably uh, has lost constitutional power that's it's ceded to the uh the supreme court and the supreme court has way too much power now but uh in this case it probably is an issue. Um, so anyway, I, we're, we're going to talk a minute here about about some legislation that's working its way through. Uh, <laughs> He's laughing because I just started the timer on how long we're supposed to go with our, our session. Talking I'm giving us five. <laughs> I'm giving us the fact that we've already talked five minutes. So we're going to add that to whatever our timer is. <laughs> Typical preacher. <laughs> Our producer's now. not in the office with us this today. So, <laughs> oh man, well, I was in. I went to Bible college one time. A, a guy 
uh, was preaching in chapel, and he went up the stairs to the balcony while he was preaching and moved the clock 10 minutes back. <laughs> the, the place went nuts. It was hilarious. He wasn't one of my favorites. I was thinking, push it 10 minutes forward. But it was very funny. So there's, a, uh, there's some legislation moving in D.C. that should concern every, every single uh, Christian American. This is, this is serious stuff. It's called the Equality Act. If you haven't heard about it, uh, you can Google it. Don't Google. I'm uh, Duck Duck it. Duck Duck Go is. By the way, that's a search engine to use. Duck Duck Go. Google is. Uh, they're commies at Google, and they're not at Duck Duck Go to be. But Duck Duck Go doesn't trace you. Doesn't uh, gather all your your uh, data and so on. But uh, the Equality Act. It's uh, so it's 31 pages long, which isn't too bad for a DC bill. But it so it has. Uh, Thousands, this is from an article, uh, World Net Daily, so, uh, no, Newsweek. So this is, this is uh, mainstream, but it's, it's by a lady named, who's very conservative. I don't know a lot about her, except that after reading this article, uh, it, I can see it's very conservative. Can't find her name right now, but I'll find it. So anyway, uh, so this lady says uh, some very interesting things here, Pastor, about this bill, but... Uh, in this bill, it's prohibiting, um, it's drafting words to prohibit uh, sex discrimination. But here's an interesting thing about the bill. The word, the word female never appears in the bill. So this hmm. bill is going to allow, for, for starters, it's going to make it lawful for men to go into women's bathrooms, women's locker rooms, uh, without anybody being able to say anything about it. Women's dressing rooms. Target, by the way, Target already allows that. So, um, so this, she says, she calls it a disaster, not just for females, but for everybody who believes that we are uh, made by God uh, biologically, male and female. Right? That's what God said. He made us male, female. That's it. Those two. We used to call them sexes. Now, uh, but, but. Uh, they transferred it. They changed it to genders, and that's what allowed all these other mm. genders to come in. If we just stuck with the uh, polit- politically incorrect word of, of sex. So anyway, um, what's your? What, just give me your your first thoughts, and then I'll continue well, into the article. You know, I mean, it just seems like they're trying to eradicate every form of purpose from humanity. I mean, the, the whole idea of the fact that there are sexes, that there's male and female, give intention and purpose to design. And you can go back to evolution. You can go back to all these things that are, I believe, tools of, of the spirit of this age, the spirit of this world that wants to blind the minds of those who do not believe, is it eradicates all of the, all of the fingerprints of God on his creation. Hmm. Um, there's no calling. There's no purpose. And they, they mask it. The thing that's most dangerous about this is they mask it in flowery language that sounds good to most people. Equality. You find the word equal in our founding documents, that all men are created equal. But created equal and being, being manufactured equal are two different things because we're equal in value in God's eyes, male and female. Mm-hmm. We're not equal in those roles in human eyes anymore, at least not not according to the left. Now they have to rebrand it. They've got to repurpose it. They've got to remanufacture it so that they can put their creation together of, of a sexless culture 
that has no purpose or definition for why they're even here. And, the, and, and our, our, our sex, our sexuality, is, is it's uh, basic to who we are. It's fundamental to who we are, right? Mm-hmm. God, God, said, I, I, God didn't say, I made uh, mankind, I made people. He said, I made them male and female. Exactly. God's making a statement right That's at the good. beginning, back in Genesis, uh, that, look, I'm making somebody, I'm, I'm making an individual— and when I make them, I'm making them either a boy or a girl. Yep. All right? So that is very important to the Lord. So this lady says in her article, uh, sex is a basic fact about who we are. It is the whole body's organization for a particular reproductive role from, from conception. So uh, she makes the point. In our, D, uh, in our DNA, every sex, uh, every cell, every single cell, trillions of them, have a sex. Yeah. Every single so, how are you going to just make an arbitrary decision someday, Pastor? That hey, uh, I don't, I'm not a boy anymore. I want to be a girl. There's something wrong there. That's not well, natural. There's not, there's not something just wrong with it. There's something dangerous with it. You know, my wife and I were just having a conversation the other night about this because we're trying to wrap our minds around. You know, obviously, to us and our belief system, there are obvious detriments to this this philosophy. But even from a practical level, you go into the doctor, and uh, now they're giving you forms to fill out. Are, are, you, are you male? Are you female? Are you one of a thousand other options? Well, medically speaking, it isn't important for how they treat whatever it is you're going through that they know genetically how you're made up. Like if you go in there and you're like, you're, you're indescript with what you're doing, then they can actually harm you if they're not performing medicine in a way that is specific to your body's needs. And if you're a man, you're going to have things that are are specific to your needs biologically. If you're a woman, you're going to have things that are specific to your needs biologically. And that's part of true diversity. That's true diversity. I mean, everybody's trying to blanket this under, oh, we we want diversity. We want to celebrate it. Then why are you trying to strip everybody uh, away from their identity they've been given. Mm. Why, why don't you want to call people grandmas and grandpas anymore? Why don't you, well, you want to call them moms and dads anymore? Mm. Why don't you want to call them men and women anymore? That's diversity. That's the true diversity. But it's dangerous. It not only rips apart our purpose and the fabric of our culture, but it also limits what you can do health-wise for people. And uh, our gal in this article, and I'm frustrated here because I can't find her name on my my thing, but... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll get the name of the article. Uh, I just don't have time to duck duck it right now. Uh, anyway, um, the the name of the article is the Equality Act in the End of Females. And she she makes the point the point that uh, you and your wife discussed in the, about medicine. You know, uh, for example, heart attack symptoms in men and women are different. Yeah. Are you? I mean, are you seriously going to go in? to a doctor and uh, tell him you're a female and have him uh, have him uh, approach you medically as a female. That's insanity, and it is dangerous, and uh, it, it's impossible to be done, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it is just beyond the pale. So only females go through female puberty. Boys go through male puberty. Only females can get pregnant. I don't care. I don't care what what they show you in the media uh, with these transgender confusion. It's confusion with the the man supposedly pregnant and the female being the male. It's it's confusion. Mm-hmm. God's not the author and of that. And it's manipulation. 
It, it is in its it's biological. It's biological manipulation. It's psychological manipulation, yes. mm-hmm. and that's what people have to wake up and understand. We are being manipulated in ways. And listen, I'm not the oldest person even in this room. <laughs> there's 50 of wow. us in here. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people in here right now. Um, but but in my lifetime, I have never seen people manipulated in the ways that they're being manipulated today. So it's it's biological manipulation, it's psychological manipulation, it's cultural manipulation, and it's not healthy on any level. It's especially to young people because, yeah. uh, you know, we, we teach them everything but truth, right? You know, right. How, how many kids do you think in public school uh, were taught that God made mankind male and female? Something basic, simple, and as self-evident as that everybody knows that but but if you lie about something enough you can confuse anyone Any, anyone can be lied to you look we can tell we can uh we can tell our young people that uh that evolution is true that that matter just spontaneously appeared out of nothing and they can believe it i believed it mm. when i went to bible college i came out of school uh, i came out of a, a, a public school that where I was taught evolution, and it occurred to me during a sermon one day, wait a minute, these two are mutually exclusive. You can't mm-hmm. believe in evolution and creation at the same time. And the same thing with, with uh, the, the biological sex thing. So these, these, this Equality Act, folks, it's in the House. Uh, it passed out of the House, the, the D.C. House. But I, I get emails. Can you read these? This is a federal issue. And uh, so you need to call... You need to call your senator. Senator Manchin is a uh, a big link in this because he could he could be helpful in this uh, in this issue. But folks, this is very dangerous. It will just basically say, look, you know, a lot. Uh, it will do a lot of things. But if if a man wants to follow uh, your little girl into a bathroom, uh, the law will no longer protect that. That is stunning to to behold. It also so, has major ramifications for the church. It's going to put a lot of pressure on churches concerning. Uh, hiring and the way they conduct their, uh, you know, organizational. It is. And... It is going to undermine religious freedom. The yeah. First Amendment is going to just basically become null and void. So uh, the American citizens need to rise up, and that includes you and me. All right. So we're out of time for this segment, and uh, we're going to be back in just a minute. We might just touch a little more on this, uh, but we're we're uh, also going to talk about. Uh, 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 the cancel culture and the dangers of it. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with State Senator Mike Gazinger, Pastor Brian Leversey. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show, folks. Glad to have you along with us today. This is uh, State Senator Mike Azinger, along with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. We're just talking about some uh, some big stuff going on in the culture today. The last segment, we, we, uh, we were talking about uh, the Equality Act. So you need to be up to speed on this, folks, and we're going to do our best to help you get there. There's an article that we're discussing, we're kind of dissecting here, 
and it is by a, na- a gal named Mary Rice Hassan or Hassan. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. H a s s o n. If you want to Google it, uh, the Equality Act and the End of Females. It's a Newsweek article, and it's, it's uh, she does a great job. Somehow, Pastor News <laughs> Newsweek published this. I don't know how. <laughs> Flew under the radar. It apparently. did because uh, this lady. Uh, this lady, uh, Miss Hassan or Hassan, really, really does a good job with uh, just, just, just di- dissecting the the Equality Act. They always put a misnomer on it. It's not has nothing to do with equality. Um, so let me uh, let me get my pages right here. So this is this is what she says. Let me get right to the meat of it. This is the scary stuff. Let's let's scare folks because we need scared on this thing. The Equality Act uh, puts all this and more at risk. The concept of gender identity is a steamroller obliterating the significance of male and female in our language. And that's that's we're, we, we, we've lost that anymore. You notice just a quick aside. You notice people don't say man and woman anymore. Uh, they, they, they say they say the uh, they use the word person. It's, yeah, or it's, pronouns, or yeah. yeah. So, so uh, th- no one that says anymore. He's a good man. Right. When I was growing up, I'm older than you. We'd say he's a good man. Now we say he's a good person. Uh, you just watch. People will go out of their way to say man or woman. That's true. Person is the word. Uh, so, in our language, relationships, laws, spaces, under the Equality Act, gender identity determines. Listen to this, folks. Determines access to public accommodations. What's that mean? It's a category that the Act redefines to include this public accommodations about just about everywhere. It mandates access to restrooms, uh, to uh, uh, restroom uh, bathrooms, to locker rooms, um, dressing rooms. Say you go into a, a department store, you have a men's dressing room a female a women's dressing room it, it is it allows access to these transgenders to go into these places without anyone being able to say a word about it uh, this is this is real stuff folks this is passed out of the house of representatives it's heading to the senate and uh so we need to get get a hold of uh, uh senator manchin he could be a key player in this uh uh, it's time to stand up. So, um, anyway, it's, Pastor. It's such a creepy aspect of what this allows to. Have you ever accidentally walked into the wrong restroom before? Like, you've been out at the restaurant or something, you weren't paying attention, and like, <laughs> oh, hey, what? <laughs> wait, what? Where am I? Where am I? And just the horrified look on people's faces when you walk into the wrong restroom. And just imagine the confusion and frustration that this is going to cause. I mean, it tries to make so-called provision for those that are so-called being marginalized by culture and yet puts this huge burden on the bulk of culture that that really has modesty and privacy and 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 knows who they are and what restroom they should go into and it's just a it's just a egregious affront to the rights that so many have of that personal identification and being able to go into a restroom and feel safe be able to go in a locker room and feel safe. Females, females will not be able to go into a public accommodation mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, I wouldn't let you know if this passes becomes law. I would not my, let my eleven year old daughter mm-hmm. or my wife 
go into a public accommodation where a man can say, hey, look, I'm a transgender. Uh, you know, maybe he's a look, look folks, let's be real about it. he could be uh, he could be a child molester. Mm-hmm. Right. He could be a rapist. These these are men that uh, want to go into women's restroom. And this is a bill that's going to allow it to happen. These these public accommodations that uh, that they will go. This is happening in America. Like, you know, it used to be in America. We used to we used to uh, extol the the. Uh, Virtue of chivalry, right? Men would protect the weaker mm-hmm. sex. We used to believe that, but uh, but now we don't. Now, now we just we we think it's a virtue mm-hmm. to allow them to be put in danger in in their own restroom where they should have personal privacy. Gals meet need more personal privacy more than men. It's part of the nature mm-hmm. of, of of our differences, and and uh, this bill, this Equality Act. It is an it's an evil evil thing, and uh, so folks, call your senators, whether it's in Ohio or West Virginia, not your state senators. I get emails on this. There's nothing the state uh, house or senate can do on this in Ohio or West Virginia or anywhere. This is a federal issue. Call your U.S. senator, and your it's too late for the house, but your it's going to the U.S. Senate. Um, now here's here's uh, our hope. We still have the the filibuster, uh, the, uh, uh, the the sixty the sixty vote rule. I forget what it's called, but uh, uh, you, you have to have sixty votes to pass this in the Senate. So uh, so that's our hope because it's fifty fifty in the Senate right now. It's, it's an exact tie, but uh, um, uh, if they get rid of the rule, the sixty vote rule, I'm embarrassed I can't think of it. But if they get rid of that, which would be well, it would just be devastating because it's been around forever in the mm-hmm. Senate. But um, uh, if they get rid of that, they say, hey, "Look, we want this so badly. We're so radical. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we want to we want to just uh, destroy the 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 whole nature of 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 the relationship between men and women and protecting girls. And uh, we're going to get rid of the sixty vote rule." And uh, then they could do it because it's 50-50 in the Senate, and the tiebreaker would be the vice president of the United States. And you know what's coming if we let them do that? If we're silent and we don't call our representation about this, is not only will they get rid of that 60-vote uh, rule, but then they're going to pack the courts, and then they're going to start uh, gerrymandering you know, voting districts, and they're going to start bringing other states into play so that they can have more voting opportunities. So, so you know where this is headed if they're willing to start breaking these, these uh, standing uh, observations in the way that they've done their voting for so many years, they're going to start doing these other things, too. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. They can do whatever so they we need want. So we need to raise our voices about as it. Long as, as long as they keep, uh, as long as they, uh, keep Confederate in the— in this Democrat side, which they always do, they always the the Democrats and the, the left always stick together. Now the the Christians and the conservatives not always so. We can get fractured, but the left somehow uh, somehow they always stick together. And you're right, Pastor. They uh, they can do D.C. statehood, Puerto Rico statehood, uh, Guam. They can add whoever they want. Now it would have to go through the whole constitutional process. But uh, but they can pack the Supreme Court. And, you know, frankly, packing the Supreme Court is not unconstitutional. You can put the Constitution doesn't say how many have to be. It doesn't say, well, there have to be nine members on the court. They can do as many as they want. FDR did it. But 
as a as a rule, it's kind of like Washington. Uh, uh, George Washington only served two terms. After that, all the presidents just did that out of tradition. Well, that's the same thing with having nine on the court. We have nine members on the court. It's been a tradition. It's worked. And uh, uh, we've, we've just always kept it out of mm-hmm. respect for tradition, a tradition that works. Uh, but the Constitutional doesn't, Constitution doesn't mandate nine. So they can put as many as they want. So, uh, so I, I believe you know, everyone's saying, well, Americans need to wake up. I think America's awake. I think we've been awake for five years. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that Christians and conservatives have been doing a good job. But we have to remain vigilant in this Equality Act that is coming out of D.C., that is heading to the Senate. It might be there already. I, uh, you live in a bubble during session down in, uh, down in Charleston, so I don't know uh, exactly where it is, but uh, it's going to be taken up in the, in the Senate. Uh, there's 50 votes for this in the Senate uh, unless one slips and uh, one switches. And uh, our senator in West Virginia, Manchin, he, he's a possibility to, hmm. to switch. He's not that radical, and uh, West Virginia is such a red state that that he he knows to make those calls. To make those calls, and I don't have the I don't have the Manchin's uh, number in front of me, but you can you can Google Senator uh, Joe Manchin and call his local office. He has D.C. offices and so on. But but pound those phones and uh, tell your neighbors. But this is uh, this is on on the horizon. I have a question, too. You hear this stuff that's coming out about this push for, um, and I don't know if it's tied to this Equality Act, maybe you can correct me, but this push for uh, taking away the rights of parents to have a voice in their minor children's lives concerning this issue of getting transgender therapies and operations Mm. in order to, you know, convert from one sex to another. And maybe there's it wasn't in this particular bill, but it seems like maybe that was an executive order that that uh, Joe Biden was working on. I know it's kind of linked in with his new health um, advisor. He's trying to get installed the the transgender representative from I think it was Pennsylvania that he put in into place there in his cabinet. But um, but, yeah, it seems like this is also trying to take away rights from parents of having a voice in their children's lives as well. That way, Well, I've not I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but I do know that they've been they've been trying that for forever. Uh, even in the in the public schools, they they want to give information to kids without parental notification, without l- letting uh, the parents know. And, and my whole uh, my whole uh, argument forever, and your, yours, and any Christian uh, would be that. Uh, the parent is the final say. We're sovereign over our kids. We have, hmm. we have the final. God gave it that to us, right? Hmm. Parents, you know, we're supposed to be teach our children, it's, it, and we don't see that authority to anybody. Hmm. We don't see that authority to our schools. But you know what happened? Like a hundred years ago, Pastor, one hundred fifty years ago, uh, there was a movement called compulsory education, and this would be re- very controversial to say this, but, but. Uh, uh, compulsory education. Uh, try keeping your kid out of uh, the public school for uh, a month and see if you don't get a, a knock on the door mm-hmm. saying, "Where's your kid?" Mm-hmm. Well, uh, th- that became a huge movement. So now all the schools say, uh, "Look, yeah, your 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 child will be at school and uh, somewhere. You know, we have you can homeschool or whatever, but uh, the state says uh, you, you're going to let us know, right?" 
Yes, you are. Mm. So, uh, so that that's been part of the movement, and that's uh, slowly eroded in the minds, in reality, and in the minds of of parents that that hey, you know, I'm not really in, fully in charge of my children. Yeah, and it's a scary thing too. We have some uh, in our family. We have some experience with that in the sense that we are homeschoolers, but there are some classes that uh, we have a child that's that's taking online uh, because of the nature of her learning. Uh, we have her taking some some classes, and and this is the issue. This is what's so scary is there's this push even in remote learning. Like if your child's at home, and they're sitting in front of the computer and they're trying to take these classes, is they're trying to keep the parents out of the room. Like there, there's a there's an effort to want to keep the parents disconnected mm. from the information mm. that's being downloaded into your children's minds. Of course. We, we say no to that. We say, you know, I'm going to know what's being taught to my children so I can either refute it or I can come alongside of them and give them a clear understanding of, okay, this is a viewpoint that exists in a dark, fallen, broken, sinful world, but this is what we believe the Bible says about that. But parents, you've got to be really mindful of the fact that there is an agenda behind education today. And the agenda is, is they want to program your child with certain values and they want to program your child with certain values to then, even while they're in school, make certain personal decisions that you don't even know they're being called to make. It's mm. almost like I, I'm a preacher, so I like I like to give a message and then give an invitation. I preach <laughs> I preach a sermon, and then I say, <laughs> I'm let's, out here if you're doing that. <laughs> let's let's make a decision, right? right. Amen. And, yes. And, and 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 really, when you're trying to share truth, that's what you're doing. You're you're giving a call to action. You're and and that's what's happening in school. Mm. Is they are giving a message and they're giving an invitation. Mm. They're not, it's not, it's not just a, a passive education. It's not just, okay, here's some information, learn it objectively. And then you and your family make a decision about how you apply this information. That's the way education should go, by the way. But what it is, is it's actually a sermon and an invitation that they're getting at school to embrace these false ideologies. Mm, That's, uh, that's very interesting. Anytime you give a, a philosophy or an ideology, whether it's good or bad, there is that natural uh, expectation or that natural desire to want an invitation of sorts, to want some kind of reaction to it. And uh, uh, that's certainly what what happens in church, as it should, but it it also happens in the woke cancel culture, Mm. which we're going to talk about next. Some of the things going on in in education, but not just in education— uh, in cancel culture, and, and most people, if if not everybody by now, knows what uh, cancel culture is. Mm. We're canceling you out. You're canceled. The latest, by the way, um, is uh, I just I I text this to you to you this morning, uh, Pastor. Uh, I was having breakfast with the <laughs> choir, so. <laughs> so, well, I could have uh, called you and sung it to you, but I never made the choir. Did I, did I tell you about being bitter about that? I've, I've never been uh, accepted into the choir. I've been rejected in that arena. So uh, I've been canceled. Uh, the, I've been canceled in the uh, choir culture. Did you get the joke? Okay, you got it. Okay, so canceled in the choir culture. That was funny. That but was I, was funny. Just, I was reading. I was waiting for the invitation. The invitation was. was your a, you're laughing. <laughs> we need a laugh button in our studio so that when I miss the cue, yeah, you've got somebody cheering or laughing. So uh, because it was okay. So uh, Amazon Prime yanks Clarence Thomas documentary. All right. So 
Folks, if you don't know, Clarence Thomas is a black man. I got a great little story I'm going to tell on the other side of uh, of the break about about Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, frankly, is uh, one of the greatest Supreme Court justices to ever serve. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not an overstatement. So we're going to talk about the cancel culture. We'll start off with uh, uh, a Clarence Thomas story because it's a cool little story. And uh, we'll, but we'll do that. Right after the break, you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with State Senator Mike Gazinger and Pastor Brian Leversey. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Gazinger. Thanks for coming along with us. Got my co-host with me, Pastor Brian Leversey, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. We are the only show in America, the only one, Pastor, in it, America. I've it. checked it out. No, I haven't. You've listened to every— <laughs> I've listened to everyone. <laughs> I have Google. Are we the only show in America where the, where you will experience the fusion of church and state? It's the and only it show in America where we say you're experiencing the fusion of church <laughs> and state. I don't know if it's the only show where we're actually no, I've Googled it. I know that right. there is no other show in the whole country. All right, so we're talking about uh, cancel culture this, this uh, segment. I think we were just talking during the break. I think we're going to do— a whole show on that broadly, uh, cancel culture, deconstructionism, and uh, critical race theory. This, folks, is is going to be something that you cannot avoid exp- uh, running into, mm-hmm. experiencing. It's, it is going to be in your face. The latest, uh, the latest story. I was just I, t- I texted this to uh, to you this morning, Pastor, but uh, um, I just saw this on uh, maybe on Facebook, I don't remember. Amazon Prime yanks Clarence Thomas documentary during Black History Month. Okay, folks, now, here's the irony of this. Clarence Thomas is black. (laughs) They're yanking his documentary during Black History Month. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something, so I went ahead and coughed. (laughs) Since you didn't say anything, I'm going to go ahead and continue. All right, so... uh, Clarence Thomas, folks, well, so why do they do this? They do this not because of, obviously because of his skin color. He's a black man. He has a phenomenal story. I just read a, I just read a book by, uh, of, about him by Myron Magnet called uh, Clarence Thomas and the Lost Constitution because uh, he talks about what a great man Clarence Thomas is, uh, how his grandfather, his dad, Clarence Thomas's dad, you know, he was basically abandoned, and his grandfather took the kids in. And his grandfather was a hardworking man and taught him values. Uh, and Clarence Thomas is is loyal to the Constitution like few men have been for decades and decades. And uh, it's a little story about Clarence. I, I was uh, see, he he was he was coming in, into uh, uh, be, he was going to be nominated by the Senate. This is back in the eighties, and I happened to be uh, with a professor friend of mine and another friend in D.C. on the last day of his nomination. Now, this had gone on. This had been a fiasco, a circus. It was awful. Um, And we just happened, uh, our professor, he he was preaching in the D.C. area. He asked us to go with him, and we were sightseeing and listening to the radio at the same time. And the guy on the radio said, uh, the the last hearing has finished, and they'll be leaving. And we knew what building it was in, so we flew up 
what, Pennsylvania, I don't know, Constitutional, Pennsylvania, I don't know where. We just flew up, headed the way, at the way to the building, and went to the door where he, he was going to be coming out. And uh, we were there, and there was nobody else there. So we're thinking, what's the deal here? This is a national story. And then a cameraman came, and then all these people came behind us. But we were right up front. So so it's over. Out he comes, walking hand in hand with his wife towards the car. I am going nuts because I love him. <laughs> yes! I'm yelling, yeah! And uh, so I go up. He gets in the car. Look, Pastor, I'm. you see my hands. I, my hands are a foot apart. I was this close to the window looking in at him going, yeah, my thumbs up. Pastor, he looked right back up at me and went like this, thumbs up. I never forgot this story. And uh, I've, I've always loved Clarence Thomas. But listen, he believes the wrong thing, so he's done. You're out of here. I don't care if you're black. I don't yeah. care if you're a black man during Black History Month. You're out of here. Well, to that agenda, and I, I think other conservative uh, black people in our in our culture have said this too, Candace Owens being one, it doesn't matter what intrinsically you are. If you don't identify with their agenda, then then you're not black to them. You're not you mm-hmm. don't you don't operate within their paradigm, then you're not useful to them. And so so it shows that they don't really care about blacks or black history month or any of those things. They just want to use that as a tool to promote their agenda. And uh, and I know a lot of conservatives who um, are are blacks that just are, are not jumping on that bandwagon to allow that to happen. That's a great point. So, if you're not operating within the the uh, uh, philosophical paradigm mm-hmm. you called it now you're not useful to us and and uh, if you're not used to useful to us uh, we'll we'll rid of you that's certainly not a that's the the opposite of, of, a, of a Christian principle Absolutely. right you know go help the poor uh, go help the go with the highways and hedges compel them to come in bring yeah. in the lame the sick but the left says and it shows you how how uh, satanic it is! If you don't, if we can't use you, we'll just rid rid of you, and we'll destroy you. As a matter of fact, what's also hypocritical to their own inclusive language, like oh, we're inclusive of this and we're inclusive of that. Well, obviously not. If you're going to pull their, <laughs> if you're going to pull their yeah. biography, or you're going to pull their book, or they're going to pull your program from a show because you happen to not, you know, follow their ideology. Yeah, we know we know that uh, that's a lie. They don't mean that they're inclusive. They're inclusive. Of those that uh, that toe the Marxist line, and it is Marxism. It's a, it's 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 pitting it's it's pitting two groups against each other. You know, Marx was the um, Marx was a, a a man, a violent man, a hateful man, bitter man. But his his whole his whole philosophy was: look, the, you have the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. The bourgeoisie uh, is is. That's the paradigm that he looks through in in terms of how he sees society and culture. That's the Marxist way to look at it. Um, uh, that you have the you have two groups and and they're always uh, uh, they're always creating friction against each other. And uh, there's a, a an article here that I'm looking at, Professor Carol Swain. Now this is this gal. Here's another black gal. She's she's very good. But I don't know, Pastor, if you're familiar with the 1776 Commission. This is something that uh, President Trump started um, just recently before he left office. Uh, and it's a group of conservatives, some Christians on there, too, that 
and it's it's a commission that um, that is basically f- uh, fighting to preserve the great works of Western culture, the the uh, the belief in the the Constitution from a uh, strict construction perspective that it is actually believe what it says as opposed to a loose construction, but. Um, but she, she, there's, a, there's an interview here with her in terms of, of the cancel culture and how it's destroying higher education, how it's getting rid of, the, of Western civilization. Western civilization is founded on Christianity. It comes from Luther and the, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole uh, great revival, I guess you would call it, of the, of the Reformation, how it spread through Europe. It spread Christianity. Um, so anyway, she's a she was of Princeton and Vanderbilt, and she is saying that uh, that uh, that the cancel culture is is taking place not just in the not just in the university but also in K through twelve. They're canceling uh, the the great works like Shakespeare and and so on. So um, this is uh, this is creeping down into even the lower levels of education. And, and that just shows you that they don't care about education. They care about um, propaganda. Because when you start eliminating history, tearing down statues, uh, revising history in order to push propaganda, it's no longer about the education of your children. It's about the capturing of the minds and hearts of your children. It's honestly, it's a military tactic. That's what people don't understand. Mm. Um, even our, our own military um, enters into humanitarian uh, efforts in order to win the hearts and minds of regions that we might be operating in or doing operations in. So it limits the amount of, of attacks and so on that you'll get against, you know, uh, your troops or whatever. Well, for secularism, for Marxism, for communism and socialism, this education is a is a military tactic, so to speak. It's it's to come in and it's to reprogram how you think, how you think about your history. That didn't really happen. You didn't have good people in history. George Washington wasn't a good person. Uh, you know, uh, all these, Franklin wasn't a good person. Um, look at all their flaws. Look at how they're racist. Look at how they own slaves. Look at how all this happened. We're going to rename the forts. We're going to tear down their statutes. We're going to take them out of history, mm. not because we want to educate you on reality, because we want to program you in our ideology. And that's what deconstructionism does. And we're going to talk about that next week. But deconstructionism basically says that uh, this is the sins of a a certain group of people, and that is all that they can be defined by. Mm. That's how we are going to identify them. Now, let's turn around and do that uh, with them, Mm. uh, because because everything that the left cancel culture believes is based a lot a lot on marxism do you want to do you want to uh, defend karl marx who was a violent man who uh, who had a he had a, a little maid so to speak a housekeeper that they kept they gave her room and board he never paid her a nickel he got her uh, he got her pregnant and had his uh, have his had his uh, uh, his buddy Engels take the blame for it. He wouldn't even blame. Never, never even saw his sons. His had two daughters. That, it's a horrible story. But two daughters who who committed suicide in in late age. He treated his wife awful, and uh, uh, he he just he he set in motion this force of a theory that that uh, that. 
causes friction and contention. And this is what you see in Antifa on the streets. Let me just read this one paragraph from this article by Carol, uh, about Carol Swain. It's an interview. So uh, President Trump's 1776 commission, that's basically to preserve the true history of the American uh, American way of life, the, that what we know about the fa- founding fathers and so on. But so anyway, Biden eliminated the 1776 commission. So Carol Swain is helping lead the opposition to uh, to uh, to the implementation of critical race theory. So she's saying, look, we're going to fight this. And uh, she's saying it's, it's, it's coming in public schools across the nation in general terms, critical race uh, theory is a postmodern theoretical framework rooted in Marxist principles. What are what what is the key Marxist Marxist principle? It is that uh, this Marxist principles that view individuals through the lens of the oppressed or the oppressor. Mm-hmm. Everybody is either oppressing somebody or being impre- oppressed by somebody. That is that is unresolvable there's no peace in it there is never there never can be because if you're all if there's always somebody oppressing and always somebody that's being impressed then there is no there is no uh way to mediate that and to 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 bring about peace and that's what marxism does and it's, it's based on skin color like you were talking about it is critical race theory everything is everything is it re- revolves around the central uh theme of race, and we know that because it's talked about ad nauseum forever. The more somebody said recently, the more we talk about race, the more we solve. I'm sorry, the more we solve the race problem, the more we talk about race. Yeah, have you lived in a time in your life, and obviously you've lived a lot longer I'm not than 80. I have. Don't look at me like I'm eighty. <laughs> I'm just glad that when I when I go to preach my sermons or develop my sermon content, I can actually interview someone who's been with most of these people. Well, I'm the generally Bible. asleep during so. your sermons. So. <laughs> So you have to talk somebody Touché. else. Touche. <laughs> um, have you have you lived in a time though where you've you've seen this issue of race highlighted to such a degree that it doesn't even make sense? Like mm-hmm. like you can't even really connect it with what they're saying. I'm like, really? That's racism? I didn't yes. realize that was racism. Yes. Everything everything is, and it 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 causes division and contention. Mm. Um, and, and you were before we before we came on the air. You were talking about, and we'll talk more about this next week. But, but the way to solve it biblically is that we have a Savior mm. that uh, that that loves all mankind because he he created all mankind. He died for mankind, and we're all the sons of Adam, right? Mm. We all go to Adam and Eve. So. So technically, we are uh, every man is our brother. I mean, that sounds like the '60s uh, uh, pop song, but every man is uh, is our, our brother by DNA. Yeah. So we're the human race. It's not we are the human race, and that sounds I know it's cliche. <laughs> it, it sounds a little well, somebody, 60s. I, I read something. Somebody said the I think it was this last week said I don't know the science if it's right or not, but said everyone on Earth is at worst your 50th cousin and well what a strange family we are you know <laughs> we don't get along really good. but that's that's got to be true okay count the generations back to adam mm-hmm. you can just get in the bible how many would there be i mm-hmm. you know 50 would probably be close mm-hmm. um you know you can't you can't marry your first and second cousin <laughs> i think a third cousin you can marry so so uh 
um, anyway, yeah, we're we're all related by DNA, and uh, we know scientifically even that we go back to uh, one man and one woman. Even the even the world's scientists mm-hmm. have they won't say Adam and Eve, but how bad is it though? At it, everything we've been talking about today, how bad is it that our culture is weaponizing our identities? weaponizing our identity, mm. the thing that's close to us, the thing that God created us to be, the, the wonder and the, the, the awe of the diversity that God created. And, and we're allowing culture to take our identity and weaponize it for an agenda that's ungodly. And that's what's happening. But, uh, uh, you know, if, and, and we, say, we say this every show. Look, we, we get away from God and the truth of God's Word, and it, it sounds cliched, and we say it over and over, but the truth is, look, uh, this can all be solved by going back to, to Genesis. Mm. Look, uh, we are a fallen man. We came from Adam and Eve. We're a fallen uh, race, all of us. There's none righteous, no, not one. None, none of us is good except for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who never sinned. Um, and and uh, uh, so it's unsolvable. Our issues are unsolvable outside of of you know god's god's doctrine hmm. you know we can't we can't figure it out ourselves we can't come up with we can come up with all the ideas we want but they don't work uh unless they're they're biblical ideas hmm. so so that's the uh that's the issue so this this gal uh, carol swain uh, let me just read just a, a, a quick bio on her. She's a I'm, I'm showing Pastor the picture of her. She's a black lady, pretty lady. She's probably in her sixties or so. But uh, her uh, she's fighting cancel culture hard. She used to work at uh, the big universities, Princeton, Vanderbilt. Very smart lady. Uh, and uh, here's her, here's her bio. This is where she came from. Um, she was, a, by the way, she was a, a Democrat until 2009, but she grew up in severe poverty. Living, uh, she lived in a shack without running water. She shared two beds with her 11 siblings. That will make you wow. humble. Uh, see, uh, her father dropped out of school in the third grade. Her mother dropped out in high school. She dropped out of school in the ninth grade. She got her GED, and then she ended up being a PhD. So. Teaching in Yale, uh, Yale Law School. Yale Law School. Uh, I asked the attorneys down there, which one down in Charleston, which one's the best? They all say Harvard or Yale, but I've heard Yale is the best, just in terms of of uh, the way they teach and how to get hard uh, difficulty to get in. So she's a very smart lady, but uh, she's she's taking on the issue of cancel culture and the 1619 Project, which which is is a, a, a Marxist. Um, uh, a, th- a theory that basically says that that America is a racist nation. Period. That is how we are defined. So we'll we'll address that more next week, also. But uh, we're about out of time. So, Pastor, did, did you have any final thoughts? Well, just that we need to have a voice about all of this. You know, we're talking about this Equality Act. We're talking about cancel culture. How do we do that? Well, we live counterculturally as Christians. Heaven's mm-hmm. our home. We're ambassadors here on earth. Let's be good ambassadors. Let's have a voice. Let's worship robustly. Let's learn fervently. Let's witness passionately. Let's pray without ceasing. And God can do great things even in the day and age that we live in. Amen. And that's the only hope. That is mm-hmm. the only hope, uh, the Lord. So, you know, we just need to be faithful, faithful to the Lord and uh, just 
do everything you just said. Amen to that. So, all right, folks, we're out of time for this week. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. Next week, we're going to do, I think we'll do the whole show. I think uh, we can do that, Pastor, on on the cancel culture, on uh, on what's happening in society, or you know, uh, in terms of of just these these radical ideas that are telling, shutting everybody up, and and uh, um, you know, even on, you go on Facebook, mm-hmm. just a little thing like posting something that they don't like, and they they get rid of it, uh, and it's, it's happening everywhere. All right, folks, uh, Voice of Truth Radio Show, we're done for the day. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, along with, every week, Pastor Brian Leversey. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next week. Let's see, what is it, Thursday at 5, Saturday at 3. So uh, thanks so much for listening. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. I will choose to live.